Alright, what's going on guys? So this is uh, episode one of the uh, Rack Mountain Reapers podcast. And uh, today we just kind of wanted to talk about preparation. And um, with us here today we got Jacob. What's up guys? My name is Jacob Lyons and I'll be here talking to you guys today. We were excited for this and let's see what we can come up with. Alright, so basically um, you caught our uh, Instagram live video. From what, two days ago? I think it was two days ago, yes. With, uh, what was the name, Rodney? Rodney Bland. And his podcast name? Dirty Skills. All right. So, yeah, you go check us out on uh, Dirty Skills. He's got his own podcast. He uh, kind of wanted to interview us and talk to us about our 2018 recap. So we did that with him. Um, and we uh, we wanted to start our own. So bear with us. Another quality is not the best, but um, it will get better over time, I promise. So, yep, jumping into it. Um, what, do we, what did we do to prepare for uh, 2018 hunting season? Well, there's a lot of things we did to prepare. We uh, prepared for our archery, for the archery side of it. We did, we well, we religiously shoot almost every day, if not several times a week. And then we also shoot a, a lot of 3D tournaments throughout, you know, throughout Montana. And also we shot one big one together over in Idaho. That was a pretty fun time. Yeah, it was a good time. Yep. And yeah, so to prepare... I personally like to prepare for for archery season, and you know, as a bow hunter through the through the, through the target archery game, there's nothing that I've found so far that can prepare me personally for that that mindset that you have one opportunity to make a shot and to make that opportunity count, and that you know directly resembles right back in a target. Yep, absolutely, and you know, I just got my first target bow this year. Yep, I'm uh, working on putting together my first target bow as well. Exactly. So, yep, we're hoping to get into. Um, a lot. Last year, I struggled with you know tuning my my hunting bow. I just got a brand new hunting bow last year. I, I'm shooting the the Prime Synergy. Um, then they dropped the Logic right after I bought that. Now this year they came out with the CT5 and the CT9, right? CT5, CT3, CT9. Yep. So they dropped those that whole new line of of bows that are kind of like a crossover between you know you have the length, the axle, the axle length of a of a target bow, but it also doubles over as a hunting bow too, just because it's got that that short brace height and it's very forgiving and it's also very light. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of how they did that anyway. So, um, yep, I got, I got my first target bow and I wanted to get a target bow for a long while because I just got tired of, of tweaking my hunting setup to shoot target arrows and having to jump back and forth between using a hinge release and using a thumb release and you got to move your rest around. So it was just, for me, it was just like, it was just a big, Big lot of, yeah, it was a big hassle and a lot of nonsense, you know, just to just to shoot indoor and shoot 3D and how I want my setup to be and just to move it all the way back to, to how I want it for hunting season, you know, it's kind of a waste of time. So with the target bow, you know, I wanted to be able to shoot target and in indoor and in 3D, just have it be my target bow and then have my hunting bow set up for strictly hunting and I'm, that way I don't have to jump, you know, make a whole lot of adjustments and, you know, bring it out of tune possibly, you know, with just moving the rest around and all that stuff, so... It alleviates that headache and it alleviates a lot of a lot of man hours put out at the range, you know, trying to make sure this stuff is square away before season. So, um, I guess let's start off with last year we shot the indoor league um, yep. over there in Vaughn, and it wasn't really a spot shoot. It was um, it was a first a three D shoot. Yeah, yep. So it's a it's an indoor forty yard range. Um, it actually just closed down this year. But mm-hmm. um, indoor forty yard range, and they had you know targets that would move around every single week. So it was, it was pretty fun, and you know it wasn't just sitting shooting twenty yards at a spot like yeah. we are this it year. It kept us it kept us going through the winter months here in Montana, yeah. which is people that know 
anybody that, that is from central Montana knows the cold and the wind. It's almost unbearable to shoot outside. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're either fighting with, you know, 34 mile an hour winds outside with no snow or you're, you're shooting in three feet of snow, you know, and it's cold. So, you know, it's yeah. kind of, it's kind of like pick your poison, which, which would you rather do? So, you yep. know, indoor kind of alleviates that. And, um, so that's why we do it. We, we shoot indoor to prep for 3d season and we shoot 3d season to, to prep for, mm. for our season. So, cause at the end of the day, what's our main goal? Bow hunting bow and hunting be a better bow to hunter, be a successful and ethical bow hunter yeah. and, and put an animal on the ground, you know? So let's talk a little bit about, um, 3d artistry and its benefits as far as like bow hunting go. So, um, from my perspective, you know, you can shoot 3d archery with a, with a hunting setup. You know, absolutely 100 we've done it for years we've done it for years and shot well mm-hmm. and i i love shooting my hunting setup for 3d archery like i want i have always shot my exact same hunting setup that i've you know that i that i'm gonna hunt with i shoot i have shot that during 3d season just so i can I mean so i just at the by the end of it i just know that setup so well that i'm so confident when it comes into hunting season that that correlates over into my hunting season and and I feel like it has made me a better bow hunter. Yep. And then this year we're going to be running our target bows, which is not, yeah, it's different than our hunting setup, but it's still the same game. It's still, it's still shooting a bow, shooting a bow and arrow. Muscle it's still so muscle memory. There's really the only thing that changes is the bow is in the, your hand. Is the setup, exactly. Yep. So, yeah, that's that's kind of why we, we started switching over to the target archer game. Um, that's our next endeavor. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we're gonna be we're gonna be hitting up shoots all over the state. Yeah. And, with um, one big finale, we're gonna have a big finale over at Top Pin Archery, which is in Kellogg, Idaho. Yep. That's, and that's in, Caleb's stomping grounds. Yep. That's uh, that's in July. So, yep. and I think there's a couple more after that that are all over the state. Um, yeah. We got there's a, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of shoots. There's a lot of like, local club shoots that we go to. Yeah. We shoot we shoot I'd say we shoot close to ten local club shoots between. March being the early shoots and July and August being the late shoots. And then August, that's when we're running around. We're going to be running straight into antelope season. And this year, potentially, it just depends on how the days work up. I'm, I'm, I'm really thinking about putting in for a either a Utah or a um, early Nevada season mule deer hunt. So yeah. in reality, hunting seasons kind of start for us in August. And it, yeah, then, they, they really yeah, do. It and starts in August. Even back in Idaho, you know, they have that August 1st. Um, it's a depredation hunt for yep. for cow or spike only, and I actually I uh, I harvested an elk three four no four and a half years four ago. four and a half years ago four and a half years ago I shot shot an elk just before I um, shipped out the basics so I, I shipped out on the twenty third of August just before archery season kicked off and I shot I shot a cow on the third so that 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 um that season opens up before anything else does mm-hmm. uh, and it's a it's a good it's a good hunt. I mean, yeah. it's mainly designed for for youth and um, for elders. I would say there's a lot of there's a lot of youth and there's a lot of older guys that use that hunt just because they don't want to be in the woods in the same time that everybody else is running around with the rifle. So it's a great season to put some meat down. Yeah, absolutely. It is, absolutely. It's a good early season. The only the only really the obstacle is the heat in August because you know it's North Idaho and Montana. It's blazing. You know, 80, 90 degrees all the time, all day. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yep. Um, but yeah, that, that early season kicks off August first and um, goes till the I want to say the thirtieth, and then we just roll right into bow season. So yep, that's, then we'll be chasing elk. So yep, and it's you know you have the potential to be chasing elk from August first until November twenty fifth. Yep, really, I mean that's being the Idaho season through 
Montana season. Well, uh, I mean, actually, through February, what, 25th, 26th is the end of the shoulder season? The shoulder season, yes, yep. that's correct. And so, this spring, we're going to be taking an endeavor over to Idaho. We're going to try to let you put a bear down and hopefully I can put it on film. So well, we have lots of we have a lot of hunts planned yeah, planned for this, planned. this 2019 season. So, you know, hopefully we'll be able to get some get some content out there and we'll have that that spring bear hunt in Idaho this year yep. and um I'm excited. That'll already. be off that'll be off of bait. Um hopefully it'll work out. Last year I missed a uh, I missed a really really nice uh, it was a brown-faced black bear actually and it was it was a good-sized bear. Um I just I'm not real Familiar shooting out of the tree stand. I'm more of a ground guy, so that was that's something I'm definitely gonna have to run with the chalkboard a little bit and do some. Yeah, absolutely. Do some uh, preparation for it, but yeah. So um, that's 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 this spring is that Idaho bear hunt, and then what else we got? We got duck season all winter long. Yeah, we'll be duck hunting we'll be all duck winter hunting, long. Bear hunting in the spring, and then doing 3D shoots this spring. Um, yeah, so uh, anyway, let's talk about gear. Let's talk about gear that we used last year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, well, there's we, – we can break gear down. We're going to – you want to break the gear down into our yeah. price ranges? So this yep. is how we want to do this. So if you guys can bear with me for a second. Where'd you put it? You just had it. I know. <laughs> He's searching for his phone underneath the chair. There you go. So we're gonna break we're gonna break this gear breakdown into what three or four different categories. Yeah, we're so we're that's what we wanted to do. We took uh, for all you guys listening. So we got a um, a gear recap. We got we're, both both me and Caleb. We're gonna pick you know a couple items from each section, and that we thought really you know helped us improve our game. So our first our so first our first um our first recap of gear. So we got the. Uh, the price range the of price one dollar to yep. fifty dollars. So any items that we used so pr- from between one dollar and fifty dollars. So pretty cheap gear. So yeah, every, you know, gear that everybody could be using and probably everybody uses in, in one way or another. So this year, I um, I've actually I started using the Phelps game calls, and yep. I, I kind of that honestly the the born and raised guys after they dropped that land of the free series last year that kind of turned me on to Phelps, and um, um, I, I actually I I do, I do know Dirk personally. Um, I was pretty good friends with this kid Austin growing up, and um, so Dirk started using the Phelps game calls, and he's he's won numerous amount of of world elk calling championships down at there at the RMF um, competitions and everything. So he knows what he's talking about. Oh yeah, and Corey does too. But Corey, you know, his dad is his dad runs the uh, Rocky Mountain Elk calls, and you know I know that Corey straight up told his dad, you know, you got to make the best product out there, otherwise I'm not going to support you. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much how we run with it. And, and if Corey thinks that you know everybody has different opinions and everybody, everybody loves their different calls. Likes different. That's calls just the call that we ran yeah. this year. But you know, personally, I ran. I used to run the, the Rocky Mountain hunting calls. I ran those last year, and I ran those for for years. And you know, for me, um, it took a lot more um, energy, en- a lot, lot more energy, and a lot more um, tongue pressure to run those calls. Mm-hmm. And they blew out really, really, really quick. Um, I, I'd have one call last me half a season. Wow. And that was just, you know, cow, First, endless yeah. cow calls and, and bugles. And then I switched over to Phelps this year, and I uh, bought the Maverick and had the the orange amp, the white amp, and the gray amp. And I used all those this year. And from personal experience, those are way – they're way easier to use. And I think that the the um, 
the sound quality and the pitches that come out of them are just way better. But that's just me. You know, everybody has different opinions. There's a million and one different, you know, brands of calls that, that people can use, and it's all oh, personal yeah. preference. But, you know, if I had to pick one piece of gear that, that was, you know, in that $150 range, it'd definitely be the amps, and I definitely think that, that – um, and what are the price ranges on that? I think they so were the Maverick and that like for all us. those, the, like the Maverick and Phelps had the amp series. Yeah, the, the amps, the amp series, like just the standard amp calls are, I think eight seven ninety nine. Seven dollars ninety nine cents. Yes, yeah, so yep. eight, eight bucks for those, and then the signature series were nine bucks. They're a buck more. But mm. um, what about the Bugle tube, because you did run a Bugle. Yeah, I did. Fan, I did Phelps switch Bugle over tube. to that Phelps Bugle tube this year. Um, and I just kind of was like. I kind of wanted to see what all the hype was about, to be honest with you, because I used to run that that Rocky Mountain Elk, or the, Rock, the Rocky Mountain Hunt Calls, and I used to run that, the Bully Bull Tube, and honestly, there's way more volume that comes out of that Phelps call, man. Like, And it just, it sounds so more throaty. It, yeah, it's way more throaty, and it, it carries a lot more. It's just mm-hmm. like the baffles and the way that he built it, so, yep, um, if I had to pick a piece of gear, it'd definitely be Phelps Calls, um, and that's just, I don't know, I mean, they're all handmade, they're all quality, quality calls, and... Um, that's just something I'd have to I'd have to pick for that uh that one fifty dollar gear range. So what about you? What did you pick for that? My one dollar fifty dollar uh, gear range was actually the Rage Hypodermic, and that's the broadhead that I ran this year. I ran it a little bit last year, not much, but I did run it this year for all of my hunting, and I loved it. I they performed great. I passed through every animal I shot with there. I shot with them this year. Granted, I didn't shoot an elk, so I didn't get to put him in an elk. And I don't know, this coming year, I am gonna, probably going to run a fixed blade. But for an elk? For, for elk. I'm going to try to run two setups. And for elk, I'm going to try to run a fixed blade, a 125 grain fixed blade. You could really have just a super hard-hitting arrow. But for any of you guys that are you know whitetail hunters that are, even the western hunters that want to shoot farther with less with less drag in your broadhead and just you know any antelope you know mule deer you know the 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 deer size game and down i honestly believe that you cannot beat a rage hypodermic and then well that's just my opinion i had great success with them this year I mean, I, the accuracy carries oh the accuracy is amazing than a, than yeah head, it does so. i shot that antelope at 90 yards with it blew through them shot what else did we shoot we shot the i shot the bear with it blew through the bear twice yeah and then I shot a whitetail doe with it as well this year, and it blew through her as well. So I mean, it's three. I put put it through three animals, and I was really, really, um, really pleased with the the way the way it did, the way it produced. But this actually this coming year, I'm in, I'm pretty in- excited. I'm gonna try to run the new Sever broadhead. I don't know if you guys know what that that is, but if you're not, check it out. It's S E V R Sever. They're another two blade mechanical that I think looks pretty sweet so i'm gonna give that a try for my you know my long more my long range arrow setup so yeah yep yep so moving into that 50 to 150 um dollar Dollar. range yep so this year um well you shot those last year right you shot the you shot black eagles last year no this was my first year running black eagles as well so yeah it was it was it was both of our first years running black eagles and we ran the renegade arrows yep so we both ran renegades um i came i came from shooting the easton fmjs the five millimeters and i came from shooting the gold tip kinetics yep so um uh I just I just gotta lay it out there, dude. Like the Black Eagles are definitely like the the most consistent, most accurate arrow that I've ever shot. Oh, absolutely. And another thing that I that I fell in love with with this new black this new Black Eagle Renegade was the fifty four grain stainless steel insert outsert. That yeah. is 
that was a game changer because last year on the on the gold tip kinetics they i had like a i think it was the stand it was a standard outsert it was aluminum and it was i think it was only around like eight ten grains it was i'm not that, light, yeah. it was pretty light no i'm not saying that's it for definite but it's it was light and this and actually last year in the white tail buck i shot last year i had it snap at that where the where the outsert meets where it meets the carbon of the arrow it snapped right there yeah. and, and i I've suffered shot, i suffered in penetration because of that i shot wood i've mm-hmm. shot wood with those arrows and the it, outsert and the outsert has stayed in like, oh yeah. i've lost it i've lost just the tip in mm-hmm. in the wood and yeah. You know, I, I was able to recover that outsert out of it without splitting the carbon or anything. Yeah. And um, so the new coming that, coming from shooting the the FMJs like Easton's, I mean, man, they're a good arrow. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, FMJ is an amazing arrow. The, but that, that five millimeter just kills you because you're only limited to Easton products. You're only limited to like Easton tips, yep. Easton knocks. You know everything like that. It has to be also also specific. for FMJ arrows. Those are aluminum, you know, aluminum arrows as well, and they bend. They, they don't have yep. the flexibility that carbon does. They mm-hmm. won't. They don't keep their shape. Yep, I shot. I shot through, through and through. Two. I broke. I broke that buck's leg with that arrow. Yep. And it came out at such an angle, and it just. I don't know how. And that was break. with the Ren- That was with the Black Eagle Renegade. Yeah, that was with the Renegade. That was um, with the Renegade. Yeah. So I was. I was. I was thoroughly impressed with that and how they performed. You know, they. It came out. I. I shoot a four hundred seventy-two grain arrow. Um, so it's it's pretty heavy, uh, moving around to two ninety five feet per second, I believe. Yeah, so sure. it's even though it's a heavy arrow, but then again, we are primarily elk hunter, elk bow hunters, so we want to run that the heaviest arrow, you know, momentum over speed, and absolutely, yeah. that's the way we that's the way we want to run things, and we've had great success. We've had, I mean, like like I said, I blew through every animal, I had a complete pass through every animal this year. So did you that 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 uh, deer you shot. You shot through the majority of the length of that deer's body and blew through a leg bone, and still passed through that buck at forty yards. Yeah, that is awesome. That is a great. That is that is so good. Yep. And, and I, you know, prepping for antelope season, you know, you and me both shoot long range. Oh yeah. Out, outwards to 100, 100, 120 yards. Yeah, and, we practice that hundred to hundred twenty yard, hundred twenty yard distance religiously. Like in that in that July time frame getting ready for that august hunt i mean i start the day off every single day at 100 yards that's where i started off at and of course i shoot closer than that and but i that i love to start at that distance when i'm cold you know i take you know one or two cold practice shots at that distance and i those arrows just thump they are so they're yep now a lot of guys a lot of guys will argue you know well i can't i can't shoot that you know my sight restricts me to 60 yards oh and that's that's completely fine that's that's fine and all you know but we we run we we run the the montana black gold ascent verdicts i have the assault which is the only difference between the assault and the verdict is just that micro adjustability in the in the windage and the elevation and that's really it you know it has third axis adjustment you know, you get it all set up. And that third axis adjustment is key when you want to shoot long Absolutely, range. Yeah. You know, when really, people think, oh, my arrow is drifting at long ranges, it's really not. It's your third axis is probably off. That's yeah. a huge difference. Yep. Which when you get a good Bowtech, we have a good Bowtech here in town. And, he, you know, he fine-tunes our third axis for us. And that 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 one adjustment keeps my groups tight at 100 plus. Yeah, so. absolutely. And, you know, I've never, I've never even thought about shooting, you know, outwards of 100 yards when I had my, my fixed pin. Like I shot a I shot a, a black old rush for four or five years and you know I yeah I could shoot a hundred with it you know pin walking yeah but you but wouldn't want not that, accurately not accurately yeah and you know I sh- I shoot this slider this slider sight now and you know I have marks out to one hundred and thirty yards oh yeah I can shoot a ten inch group at one hundred and thirty yards yeah I never would have been able to do that before 
you know, and that's just that's just practice. And you know, that 130 yards, I would never ever ever think about shooting something that far. That's ever. a long way away. And you know, that we just practice that range to make a 60 yard shot or a 70 yard shot that much more doable. It is, and that's how that's how it is. Yeah, that's that's the one. That's the main reason we shoot that far is because when we shoot that far, then when you have a bull standing at 30 yards, it you're it just looks like a balloon and. And, and also, when you're fine-tuning your groups at that distance, that, in fact, is micro-tuning those groups at 30 yards. Like, when you're shooting that far, those 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 inside groups, those uh, when you're shooting at that distance, those close distances just become so much more easy. Yep. And your mind just – it almost kind of tricks your mind a little bit of how, how simple it makes it. But, yeah, so that was our – that was our we, – we both – kind of picked that same product this you know for that $50 to $150 range because the arrows the sure. arrows were just game changers for both of us <clears throat> so moving into the $150 to $300 range um let's talk about that so you actually you started running what crispy boots this year yep this is my first year running crispies and I gotta tell you man they were they were sweet and um yeah I mean I literally bought them two days before my first antelope hunt and I hunted then I just immediately started diamond then I didn't even there was no break in period. They were they were they were as advertised, ready out of the box. I mean just per this money boots. And then we put them through hell and back in elk season. I'm talking like at a minimum we were running eight miles a day. That is a minimum we were hunting eight miles a day. That's just a walk that's just the walk and back. But we're you know there's still four plus miles of, of walking or of hiking and hunting you know, throughout the day besides those eight. And we did that for almost the majority of September. And I never once had a blister. I never once even had any kind of problem with my feet. And, that, and they never got wet. We had a pretty wet elk season this year yeah, for Montana. It rained almost. a lot. And that and it rained a lot in that, like, peak rut period, too. But, yeah, they were amazing boots. I've ran Danner boots in the past, and I've liked them, but I've noticed that I wore them out quick. I mean, I wore them out within with less than a year mm-hmm. with less than with less than a year i've i wore out my danners and they're a great boot and they're a great budget boot i think the danners i was running were roughly around 180 180 and these crispies i'm running they were the crispy crispy summits and they were 299 so right at 300 and that was that was a, it's a non-insulated boot which i love i don't want i will rarely Feet run yeah. yeah i rarely run a insulated boot even though we're here in Montana, we we majority of our hunting is done, you know, a foot in hiking, yep. and you don't need an insulated boot, in my opinion, unless you're going to be doing more of a sitting style, you know, tree stand, whatever, yep. whatever you want. But yeah, that's that boot was a game changer out west. I loved every minute of it, and I will continually run crispy boots. So uh, my item of choice, um, I'd have to pick the the Sitka mountain pants. Um, I've been running those for two and a half years now. And, um, you know, the Timberline pants, like, they're essentially, they're the same pants as the Timberline. Yeah, same pants. But um, they just don't have the, that butt pad and the knee pad. Yep. Which, I can see why that's nice, you know, during antelope stocks and, and stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. definitely nice. You don't get cactus in the butt. Or you could go, you, you could not go wrong with either pant. Both both the Timberline pant and the Mountain pant are awesome pants. Yep. But, I mean, I, I was, I, I clipped those pants on bar bar like three or four times this, this year, and it didn't puncture. Yeah, honestly, it didn't puncture. They're and a great pant. The only like I crawling over logs and deadfall and stuff like that, like 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's you can't beat it. Honestly, like it's it's, it, it's some of the toughest material I've ever worn, and I don't think I'll they're, ever go back. They're not quite waterproof, but they're a very high water resistant. And they dry instantly. They're they're yeah they're they're water resistant pant, and they have a quick dry or just they, you you can sweat through them and they'll be they'll be dry you know in five minutes of glassing and yeah you so you run the mountain pant and i run the timberline pant and like and yeah that's those pants worked wonders for both of us and i actually have a little story about the the durability of that that those pants so not this elk season but last elk season i was um we, we had a really we had, we had a, like a really wet snow and we were hiking through deadfall and i um slipped and fell crossing deadfall and a little pe- a little puncture punctured right into my leg and i still have a scar right here where it punctured right into my leg and i could feel the blood running down my leg but there's no sign of puncture or anywhere in that spot from that pant yeah. it just it stayed together which is pretty impressive yeah but. definitely a well bit well built pant mm-hmm. um yeah i i would have to agree with you on that one yeah and that this is our that was my second season running those pants and those pants still look brand new they're a little bit faded from the days that I've spent in the, the field wearing them. I mean, during during September we, we wear these pants every single day yep. without washing them. And yep. they don't and they don't stink. I they they I don't they don't smell bad. They not they don't hold older. They're a great pant for all of you guys that are out here west. Because, you know, we're we're hiking a lot of miles, we're sweating, you know, we get wet when it rains and it doesn't hold that mildew smell like certain clothes do. It <coughs> keeps it keeps fresh. Yeah. And and I, I only washed mine once this season. That was mm-hmm. back in Idaho when I hunted elk because it was hot like it was like 90 degrees during the day Ooh, that's, and yeah that's it, was, it was a bit toasty so yeah. i mean they got pretty stinky so i just washed them that that one time but i mean even even in the like the later months like i deer hunted with those pants dude and mm-hmm. you know i mean with with layering underneath with you know running a pair of long johns or thermals or you know stuff underneath of it it stays warm it does. It does. I, I wore really those does. pants the day I shot my my mule my four by four mule deer this year, and that day was that morning when it broke daylight when I was glassing. I want to say it was like in the five degree range. It was cold. I would, I had mittens on. It yeah. was freezing, and all I had was um, I layered a pair of long johns and then a lightweight pair, a super lightweight pair of um, sweatpants, and then I had the Timberline pants over it, and I didn't get cold. And that's and I was still super mobile because I do like to mule deer hunt mobile. I like to be able to glass up bucks and, and then and keep walking and, and and moving on them. So those pants were phenomenal. I mean, so I I wore those pants when I shot that antelope in ninety degree weather. You know, I elk hunted them throughout all ranges of weather during elk season. We saw everything from snow to ninety degrees. Yep. Then I used them for deer hunting in november which was that with that particular day was freezing cold like five degrees like bitter to the bone cold and yeah so they amazing pair of pants amazing investment for anybody that wants to hunt out west or does hunt out west a, a great great investment but so, anything else you have for those nope i think that's pretty much it so moving moving into the 300 dollars and up range um there's there's a lot of there's a lot of gear that, that encompasses this price range yeah there's a lot of it so we, we could probably name several pieces of equipment yep and we will yeah um so this year you ran that mystery ranch pilter pack yeah pintler pintler pack yep i ran the, the pintler which was uh it's just a, you know your, your standard mystery ranch you know honey pack it has your your uh your frame and then your the pack you know with the availability to open it up to use that at meat shelf 
And man, I can tell you what, I loved that pack. That's my first, this was my first pack that encompassed the meat shelf, and it was a game changer. I packed out the antelope, the full antelope, packed out the full mule deer, packed out the, the, the full hide of the bear. I packed out uh, the hind quarter of Matt's bull. So that's mm-hmm. what four animals we I packed down that pack and yep. just it just rocked the world. It was so great. It was a great pack. Yeah. So th- I I actually ran I ran the Everly stock the mainframe, uh, just a. It was just it's just that meat shelf is all it is. Mm-hmm. It's just a just a frame pack, and with that you actually have the um, the option to strap like another pack onto it. Yep. So this year I I ran. That mainframe, and then I also strapped my Mystery Ranch. Um, I think it's just a three-day, three-day assault pack, right? Yep, three-day assault pack by Mystery Ranch. So I strapped that on, and I tell you what, I do have some gripes and complaints about it, but for when I needed it, it worked flawlessly. It was a little bit on the heavy side, which mm-hmm. I'm going to fix that this year. But um, but for what we did, it worked. For what we did, it worked absolutely. And I packed out your bear with you. Yep. I packed out um, Matt's, Matt's bull. bull, my deer, McKenna's buck. Um, yeah, so four animals. Yep, four animals on that thing, and it's it works. You know how I had it set up; it worked the same. Where I just had that pack strapped onto it, and I was able to stuff that meat between the pack and the shelf, and strap it and go. And it, I mean, it was a little bit on the heavy side, just without anything on it, just that that frame in the bag by itself. I think it was like upwards of like thirty five, forty pounds with nothing on it. So that's something I, I want to fix this year is getting in getting into a new pack and. We're gonna hunt with with camp on our back this year, so we yep, definitely we're, have to go. Light we're we're changing our style of hunting this year. We're gonna talk about that as well, but that's for later on. Anyways, so the next item for three hundred above that I that this is probably my favorite item that I that I run, and it's that black gold ascent verdict that move that slide that that slider sight. And the way I ran it this year, the last year I ran a five pin slider, so I had your my twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, and sixty yard pins, and then I could move that to any side any specific range i needed out to about 100 yards this year i changed that i changed it to a three pin i I took two pins out so i ran a 20 a 30 and a 40 yard pin and i could slide out to you know 100 110 yards with my setup and yeah like it was i loved it i love that side that side allows you to have three pin you know whatever pins you want because when we're running and gunning elk hunting we don't have time to move your side around very often that when that bull's coming in you don't know what what he's gonna stop at, and you you're already at full draw. So you gotta you gotta you need to have more than my opinion. I want to have more than three pin or sorry more than one pin. So a, so a single pin slider is kind of out of the question for me in elk hunting. That's just how I run my site. But it also gives me that adjustability where when I want to antelope hunt or when I want to hunt, you know anything out in that farther distance range, I can I can you know reach out and really get out to the ranges I want to get out to and during practice of course so I, of course we practice long distance so I wanted to be out you know wanted to be able to reach out and, and practice that longer distance and that site allows me to so it's kind of the best of both worlds it is a sweet site and it is so tough I, I put that site through through hell and back and it always seems to perform always holds its zero and keeps the third axis that third axis never really gets off you know gets off on me so it works out great, but yeah, that's that's probably my number one, my number one item for that price range. Even though I have a, quite a few items that I'd like to talk about, that's my number one. That's for anybody that wants a site that um, wants to upgrade sites. Do not overlook the Black Gold Ascent Verdict or or the the new Assault or even the new I forgot what the I don't 
quite i can't recall exactly what the new site the brand new site is but yeah yeah, yeah pure 75 maybe that one. May, it, might be. Yeah, it might be uh, they just brought out a new one so but anyways just black gold in general just check them out guys you, great company great local company. here in montana yep um they make really really high quality stuff great warranty work so yep. everything um, we love in a company yeah really does it's tough as nails too i mean i've dropped i've dropped my bow with that sight on it and it always like, holds zero yep. yeah what else we wanted what else for that price range oh man there's so much um but i uh, binos yeah we spend a lot of time binos yeah vortex we both we all run vortex and um yep. Vortex is a really good company. I personally, I buy warrant, I buy Vortex for the warranty, or you know, if if they're damaged or whatever, you can literally slam them on the on the counter at a store that carries Vortex, and they will give you a brand new pair. Yep. It happened to me this year. I uh, I used to run the, the Crossfire. Well, I do run the Crossfires, but um, the Crossfire 10 by 42s, and they were like five or six years old, and my uh, my my focal knob fell off and so i went to the went to shields here in town and uh, just no receipt nothing just just the binos and they went and swapped me out with a brand new pair that was last year's model so yeah that's that's i that's why i love vortex i love them for the warranty you know you get a really really high you get really high quality high quality glass for a what you pay price. for yeah. yeah which is that's a big deal yeah we you know i run the vortex diamondback 10 by 42s and yeah, I love them. They're crisp. They have good low light quality. Yeah, so. absolutely, really good low light quality. And all their and they're not and they're, they're not budget breaking. I mean, there's a yeah. lot there's yeah. there's a lot of guys that are you know a lot more of a, a more of a glassing standpoint in their hunting. And we are we we do glass, but we don't, but we're not as big of a glassing. You know, we're not a complete a focus on glassing. That's not how we hunt particularly. Mm-hmm. So we run a you know a good budget by you know bino system that that works for us but yeah if you're you know if you were hunting somewhere else where you were going to be primarily sitting behind your glass all day long you know picking trying to pick bucks up you know then yeah maybe i could i would see warranting spending more money in your glass of course you're going to get what you pay for in, in glass that's kind of how it works but for what we do and for the price that we wanted to pay for it that has really been a, a, a fantastic product and i have no no complaints about about my binos. They they were they performed really well. Yep. So moving into this next season upcoming, um, talk about some of the stuff that we're going to be acquiring. So like we said earlier, um, we're gonna be hunting with camp on our back. So that entails that we really need to you know get lightweight gear and. Mm-hmm. Lightweight gear for everybody that knows is is very expensive. ounces equals yeah. pounds, you know. Yeah, I mean it really does. Like that's what we learned in the military. You know, ounces equal pounds and pounds equal sucks. So, <laughs> yep. You know, when you're out there in the backcountry, you know, hiking 14, 15 miles a day, you want you want the lightest gear possible. Yeah. You know, especially when you have to recover that animal and yeah. you're eight miles deep, and you got to get back. Which to the we truck. did this year, and it was rough. Yeah, it that, was rough. That bear and, was probably the farthest pack out we had. Luckily, we had several hands to help. Yep. But it was it was a it was a long. It was in the middle of the night. It was raining all night, and we came out of a we came out of a rough area. <laughs> so yeah. having having good quality gear really stepped up for yeah. us. Yeah, and another thing I'd like to talk about is trekking poles. Uh, yeah. That's one thing that I would definitely put in that fifty to one fifty range. Yeah. Oh yeah. Trekking poles. They, dude. I I bought my trekking poles after bow season. It was during mm-hmm. rifle season, and I bought them because there was snow on the ground. I mean, I was gonna do a do an elk hunt back there in the little belts and you know I, I knew that there was you know two and a half three feet of snow so those 
absolutely made a difference. Um, yes. I was down there with my buddy Caleb, and um, we we did 15 miles that day. And, like, it was every, I mean, it was everything from 30-mile-an-hour winds to, like, sub-freezing temps to two-and-a-half feet of snow. Like, it was True. it was super rough, man. That's rough and, conditions. Yeah, the, the tracking poles definitely – definitely help in I think any any situation whether it's snow and in a late season hunt or you know recovering meat it definitely you know you you can put those put those trekking poles on and you know it, it distributes that weight a lot a lot better and you're able to go a lot farther for longer I think yeah that's just that's how I felt during the season and um mm-hmm. actually I started running the the, the Likey Ultra Ultralight series um about 100 bucks for for those um, money well spent though yeah absolutely i have no no regret in investing in those so that's something i'm definitely gonna add to my gear for archery season this next year um also i'm gonna be picking up an exo pack here in the next couple months and um that for all be, you guys don't know exo mountain gear yeah that's yeah, a great pack go check them out exo mountain gear um they're they're a really good company they're i think they're idaho right they're they're in idaho down in boise yep yep so they make really really high quality packs. They're a bit pricey, um, but yeah, but the price that, that's a price yeah. that you need to pay though, honestly. And for, for the for, stuff that, for yeah. the stuff that we do, the hunting know, that we do, you're gonna need a pack that's gonna withstand. It's and, not just you know getting out of the pickup and walking maybe a mile or two, you know, hoping mm-hmm. to find something where you can yeah. probably drag it back. Like no, we we quarter everything out there on the kill site and we pack everything we pack out. So. And this year we're going to change up our hunting style a little bit. Last year we hunted from a more of like a base camp style where we, you know, we we camped every night at the trailhead at our pickups, and we hunted in every single morning, and hiked out every single night. And that that was that that did well for this year. It did what we needed to do, but there was you know a lot of miles wrapped up into that 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 could be cut out and. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of mornings where I was not ready to get yeah, out of that. There's a lot of mornings where I wasn't motivated to get up and, yeah. and go. But, and you know, those miles, it, those miles quickly added up that we could, you know, we yeah. could cut off a lot of miles by doing this. Yep. So this year we're going to be switching over into more of like a bivy style hunting, and we're going to run camp from our backs, and we're going to go wherever the elk, elk bugles. So we're going to, so for all you guys that don't, so all the listeners that really don't know this style of hunting, um. Pretty much, we're going to carry everything that we need to live through, live live by all the means of living, and on our backs and our in our packs. Four, what four to six days well, worth of stuff? Yeah, we'll say four days, and then if we kill something, four to five. But or if we're just super into elk, we can push five days, maybe six. But then you're going to be real. That that's you know. Then you're going to be really having to add on you know, add on pounds for um for food and, shooting, and everything else. I'm shooting for that like thirty to thirty five pound pack. Yeah, for like that's the set that's the weight pack we that's what our we want our weight of our pack to be at on day one of the hunt yeah so is that 30 35 pound range yep. which is completely manageable we just have water to, i mean where we hunt there's there's ample water there's ample we water probably around, we so. can we could probably start the hunt off with minimal water as long as we have our filtration systems that we're going to run and we'll pick water up you know, probably around midday when they all start stop bugling, we'll we'll pick up water and filtrate that out for our for you know morning and evening, and yeah, that's the way we'll probably hunt this year. We're we're both you know, and also some a couple of our other buddies will be doing that as well, and we're excited. It'll be different, but I think we're both going to be going after new packs this year because the Pintler pack from Mystery Ranch was great, but it's a smaller bag <coughs> and. 
I really need a, you know more cubic inches in a bag to to, to be able that. to fit everything I want. Yep. So I think me personally, I'm either gonna run a stone glacier or I'm gonna run a Exo Mountain gear pack. I haven't quite picked yet. I haven't quite decided, but yep, that's where I'm gonna be pushing my my pack into. And yeah, we what do, so I guess we could talk about sleep systems because. For yeah. bivy stuff, for the bivy hunting we're gonna do the 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 sleep system, which is the tent, sleeping bag, sleeping pad, that whole system as a whole is gonna be a big factor in gear for our upcoming season. Yeah, not only gear, but you know comfort. And, yeah, comfort. You know, when you're staying out there, you don't want to be like on if the you're on ground. Yeah, if you want to be, yeah. you want to be comfortable. You, you need to be able yeah. to enjoy it out there. Yeah. So. If you're not comfortable, the your mood, your mood, and your energy levels suffer hard. Yeah, and that's 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 you know you so, want to be in that mental zone when the time time comes so yeah you gotta yeah. do everything you can so some of the stuff that i'm looking into as far as um tents go uh, i think you're you're looking into a bivy sack right? i mean i i was thinking a bivy sack but i think i'm gonna go to a lightweight single person tent i think i'm gonna go after a qu tent so okay. that's yeah. the tent that i'm thinking i'm gonna run a qu i love the brand i love what the brand stands for and i think they make great great products so i think i'm gonna run a qu tent this year well i'm shooting for comfortability this year and i'm definitely running a hammock you're running the hammock? Yep. Yeah, dude. Nice. Yep. So my, the hammock that I got, um, it actually has the capability of not only being a hammock where you can hang it up between trees, but if there's no trees around, um, it'll actually pitch with trekking poles into a tent. Yeah. So it's it's really it's a really sweet, multi-purpose um, tent. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of that's what I'm shooting for because, you know, if I want to take a nap midday, it takes two seconds to just string it up between trees. And, yeah, it's definitely, and rack it's, out, it's definitely so. the way to go in that aspect. Yeah. And the tent that I'm running this year, the QU Ultra Star one person tent, it actually runs off of trekking poles too. To you know, there's still a few stakes, but the, your main stake is going to be your trekking pole. Which since we all run trekking poles, that cuts down on that weight of that tent because yeah, you you're take you're not packing poles, poles you're packing so. it's just your trekking pole. Yep. So that's a sweet new system. It's a real compact, small, light tent. And what's that run usually for a price? Yeah, it is about hold on. Their website's hard to use. <laughs> I think it's around two hundred and thirty bucks, That's but not I'm not one hundred percent for sure. I'll yeah, let you guys know. In a second. As soon as you start looking at, at tents and sleeping bags and everything like that, you want to go for for weight, yeah, weight and warmth. Weight. And once you start getting in those like twenty, like those twenty degree bags, or like even the zero degree bags, which I think like a twenty would be pretty ideal for that early season. 20 degrees yeah yeah 20 degrees and you're I mean, gonna be usually, running a, it usually gets it, down to like 32 at the lowest yeah at the lowest but if you think about it and you run and you're running a sleeping pad that's gonna make your sleeping bag a lower degree so like if you're running a 20 degree bag with the pad you're probably gonna be you could probably even run that to 15 degrees because that that keeping off the ground makes you warmer. keeps you warmer yeah. it keeps it's you warmer so yeah between a, a 20 degree bag would be you know perfect that'd be a perfect bag for what we do yep and you know you start like like I was saying, you start getting into those those twenty degree bags, and you look at the weight of them. Once you start matching that like that light weight, like a three pound sleeping bag, like a mm-hmm. two and a half pound sleeping bag that's twenty degrees, you're really like the price jumps tremendously. Oh, yeah. That that's when you so like when you guys look at your sleeping bags, when you're like, wow, this bag is you know ninety nine dollars, and then you see a bag that's you know two or three four hundred dollars, and you're like, that's that's crazy. It's really not. It's just that's when, you know, for guys like us that are going to be sleeping in that bag and carrying it on our backs every day, that's when that bag is going to be like, you know, two or three pounds and it's going to be down insulated. 
versus you know maybe a five six pound heavy bulky really big bag that doesn't pack down to a small diameter so that's where the price that's where the price jumps but yeah if you're gonna be sitting in a spike you know spike camp where you're just kind of you know you know you're going back to every night you're not carrying camp with you for sure you don't you do not need a 300 dollars sleeping bag (laughs) that 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 you know that um that size is down but if you were going to be carrying, you know, your your camp on your back every single day, hunting with it, sleeping with it, everything, you're going to want this, the lightest equipment possible, yeah, which is going to be most expensive. And, and that's something that we can do. You know, we'll we'll make a video once we, once we get all that gear. gear oh yeah, loaded, we'll we'll see the video of like what goes into our pack and mm-hmm. how how we pack it, how we how we're going to pack it. Because I mean, during during scouting season, we're definitely going to be staying out there testing our gear. Yeah, getting that getting, getting into the getting it, into so. the familiar familiarity of the gear. So come hunting season, we're not having gear problems we're not going man i wish i had this in my pack instead of this yeah so we we already have that narrowed we'll down we'll and you know yep. in the spring spring and summertime more running trail cams yeah so i mean that's that really covers gear and um i think that covers you know being that covers our topic of preparation you know we're just preparing for preparing for this upcoming upcoming season and um preparing for um you know what 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 is to come in the, in the adventure ahead so that's that's really it and you know we'll be we'll be running these podcasts coming up with coming up with different, different topics different and topics stuff and well i guess while we while, while we're here we could probably talk a quick you know five minute five minutes about upcoming topics that we're you know excited about yeah for me i am excited about running a you know recording a recording a set about my application season coming up this spring so i'm I, as some of you guys know, some of you don't. I'm probably gonna be leaving Montana, sadly, next uh, next fall. This is probably my last hunting season as a resident here in Montana. So I got, I'm gonna step into the game of you know applying for points, you know tags, preference points, whatever it may be, all the way all throughout the West for antelope, mule deer, and elk. So in the following years, I can have you know quality hunts lined up in quality states because that's kind of what it comes down to. Yeah. And then I'm going to talk about stuff, you know, over-the-counter tags and different areas for each animal. So all the years when you're building points, you can still be hunting out west and opportunities out west, all of the above. There's so many opportunities that you can do that I am just so passionate about that I'm going to, that I can't wait to sit, you know, sit, you know, get me and you together, sit behind the computer and just talk about it and get that out there, you know, raise awareness of the opportunities out West, you know, the DIY opportunities. Cause me personally, unless I have to use a guide for by law or I'm doing a hunt that I just don't think I'm capable of, like maybe a, a like, like, a, Alaska, like, like Alaska sheep hunts. Canadian, yeah. Canadian, a, can, yeah. a Canadian sheep hunt or Alaskan sheep hunt. Of course I'm going to use a guide, but down here in the lower 48, I personally think that there's not really much hunts that I can't do DIY. Yeah, I might not have the the, the access to private land or the opportunity that you will have on, on a guided hunt. But me personally, I take way more pride and have a lot more fun doing things the way I want to do them and hunting through the way I want to hunt. Yeah. And it cuts down on price immensely. You can hunt all over the West for sub thousand dollars for any species as long as you do your homework. So I. That's that's where I get hyped up about. So yeah, and like yeah. for you, you know, you 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 started back east. Yeah, I grew up back east, dreaming about hunting out west, and I always had this notion in my head that I would never hunt out there because it's too expensive because I can't afford a guide. That's that's crazy. That's crazy talk. Anybody can come out west 
anytime anytime they want to. You just yeah. have to have the you just have to have the knowledge. And, and the guy, I the guys that we ran into this year, like while we were elk hunting in town, like they, yeah, they were from New York. Yeah. They were from New York, exactly. and they were just out here hunting. And they they harvested a nice five point bull. Like that's what I'm talking about, guys. Just get a couple buddies, you know, do your research and go have a hunt of a lifetime out west. It's so crazy, and there's so many opportunities for you guys to make memories. So. Yep. That's going to be a podcast that we want to do about. What about you? Do you have anything on top of your head that you that you can think of? Kind of put you on spot here. <laughs> uh, I mean, no. I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, you know, getting this gear and testing mm-hmm. it out and, and really seeing, like, how it works and talking about it. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah. that pretty much wraps up this, uh, this podcast. Um, thank you all for listening. And, yeah. Uh, Thanks for listening, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed. And we'll catch you later.